This is Matthew Hester, Senior Pastor at Dominion Church. I want to thank you for joining us this week on the Dominion Church podcast experience. Our podcast aims to deliver truth from God's Word concerning His kingdom and your righteous identity as His beloved child. Please subscribe to this podcast, leave a review, and do share it with a friend. We pray that you are blessed, challenged, and changed by what you're about to hear. Amen. Amen. Well, yes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right. I was kind of trying to talk and I thought the mic was on. All right. All right. So, anyway, today is it's a great day to be here. And um, what I would like to minister on today, we're going to talk about two covenants and again if you didn't hear me before today is Apostle Matthew Hester's birthday I had the mic off earlier so it may not have gotten out but we just greet everybody in in Facebook and the other uh, segments of media and we're just uh, thankful to be here uh, this morning and um, I want to uh, say this uh, during the time of prayer that we had right before we uh, uh, was online, uh, Pastor Megan, you was on target. <laughs> yes or not? No. Um, she ministered to to uh, to, to us uh, this morning right before we started the uh, broadcast, and I know you was on target with me. I know you was on target for Joanne. And on target with Miss Floor, and then Miss Floor was on target with you, Amen. Because some of the same things that she had said and was speaking about uh, you and Apostle Matt was the same thing that was on my heart three o'clock this morning. So I just, and we just want you all to just stay encouraged. Joanne, we want you to stay encouraged. And when she was praying about your heart, that's what I'm believing. I'm believing that they're not, uh, that you no longer will need that pacemaker. That your heart is going to just be that strong. And they're just going to say, well, it's time for us to take that out. Amen? Amen. So I'm just, so you know, when I be asking you how you doing, I have a reason. Sometimes you don't don't say, so don't hide things. I told, I said, if you're not feeling no better, then I need to know. Then we need to be reaching back out to the physicians, and and you know we already praying, but we just need to be on top of everything. Amen, amen. So I'm just I'm not uh, scolding you, dear. I'm just encouraging you. Okay, all right. So don't hide things. Let us know. Amen. I'm going to hear her say amen. 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 All right. All right. And you know what? It's good to uh, for us to be able to talk about our families and our spouses and, you know, our wives and husbands and the family members. Um, 
but this has been on my heart even while we were talking, uh, while you were praying. And I'm just believing, believing for the war to end in the Ukraine. And, and that was just on my heart earlier. And to just see all this going on and people losing their lives. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we're just thanking you right now. Father God, for this war coming to an end. Father God, we're just thanking you right now that, uh, that our President Putin will repent, have a change of mind. Father God, about this war, Father God, we're just thanking you right now for the president of Ukraine, for him operating in a place of just being able to hear your voice on what he needs to do. And Father, we're just decreeing and declaring, Father God, for peace, Father God, in that region, Father, in the name of Jesus. So Father, we're just thanking you right now for that coming, for that conflict coming to an end, Father, in the name of Jesus. Jesus. And Father, we just release peace. We send peace, Father God, in the name of Jesus. And Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I want to, so to this, uh, this afternoon, I would like to talk about two covenants. We're going to talk about two covenants today. We are saved by grace through faith. But when many people hear this message, they tend to get confused and think their performance is needed in order to avoid going to hell. The law of Moses was extensive, and it contained not only the Ten Commandments, but also more than 600 laws. The people were required to obey. God has since replaced the law with grace. And if we do not fully understand this change, we can stumble in our Christian walk. We as a body, we as the church, we can no longer continue to blend both the old and the new together. We need to move into we need to move into what God has said who we are and where we are. And we're under the covenant of grace. We're in the new covenant. We cannot take the some of those things from the Old Testament and try to blend that in with with our teachings any longer. And I just um um we just need to be encouraged to do that. And I did it for for quite a few years. I did Thinking, you know, but as time goes on, you learn. And as you learn, then you grab hold of that, repent, and just believe God uh, for everything else that you need. Amen? God, has, again, has since replaced the law with grace. And if we do not fully understand the change, we can stumble in our Christian walk. Unlike the original laws, that were written in stone by the finger of God, the laws we now have are written in our hearts. And we are now living epistles. Trying to mix the law of grace gives us zero results. When Paul received a revelation of Jesus 
the Spirit of God began writing upon Apostle Paul's heart and directed him how to live. We receive the same type of revelation when we realize that real Christianity involves a relationship with Jesus Christ. It is a life lived according to what his spirit writes on our hearts. 1 John 3 and 21 uh, verses the third chapter, 20 verse, 21st verse through the 24th, and it reads, Beloved, if our hearts does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandments. And I'm not going to go on a rabbit trail here, but you know, when we operate in a place of love, the Ten Commandments are already written on our hearts. Amen? Amen. So you don't have a desire to steal. You don't have a desire to kill. You don't have a desire to want to commit adultery or covet someone else's uh, spouse. Um, you're going to love the Lord your God. Your God. Amen? Amen. I mean, the, the, the Ten Commandments, the, the loving God, all of that is wrapped up in Jesus Christ who is love. Amen? And this is the commandment that we believe in the name of the Son of Jesus Christ and love one another as he gave his commandments. Now, he who keeps his commandments abides, abides in him and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. 1 John 3, 21, verses uh, 21 through 24. The Holy Spirit is an integral part of the new covenant. He leads and guides us. Nevertheless, I tell you, it is expedient. This is Jesus talking. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I... Go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he comes, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe on me. John 16, verses 7 through 9. Jesus specifically sent the Holy Spirit to us. The Spirit is an integral part of our Christian lives. We cannot be successful without him. And one of the main reasons you cannot be successful without him because Jesus was, is our pattern. He's a pattern, pattern son. And he said he could do nothing outside of his father. He could do nothing outside unless the Holy Spirit was what? Was leading him. He was guided by the Holy Spirit. So what makes us think that we don't need <laughs> to be guided by the Holy Spirit? 
We cannot accomplish the mission or the assignment God gives us without the Holy Spirit's work. The Spirit was sent to convict people of not believing on Jesus. This is the real reason for, for people's sinful behavior. The reason for their sinful behavior is because they don't believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of the living God. God is the same, and he never changes. He deals with us through covenants. And the Bible is a book of covenants. However, how he deals with mankind changed based upon the covenants that's in place. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews 13 and 8. The two main covenants in the Bible, the two main covenants in the Bible are the laws of Moses and the new covenant of grace. And I just want to read something from uh, Dr. Howe. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. But this is what he used to always say. He said, under the old covenant, the law was written on stone. In the new covenant, God writes the law upon our hearts. In the old covenant, it was about rules on rocks. In the new covenant, it is about relationship. In the old covenant, we were servants. In the new covenant, we are sons. In the old covenant, we were servants, working for rewards. In the new covenant, we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. In the old covenant, we were motivated by fear. In the new covenant, we are motivated by faith. In the old covenant, we were constrained by law. And in the new covenant, we are constrained by love. The old covenant was a law you had to keep. But the new covenant is a life that will keep you. Amen? Amen. Amen. I, I was uh, going back looking through his, again, prepared for our trip. Hallelujah. We know we're going to uh, Nicaragua in a few weeks, and they said they want to talk about grace. So I've been doing a little reading, and I, was, I ran back across that again, and I said, okay. I got that out of his book. Uh, I think it was Law and Grace. I said, I'm going to make a few notes on that. So I couldn't remember it all, so let me jot it down real quick in the name of Jesus. By the way, guys, I have got my iPad. I just have not mastered it yet, so... I, I, eventually, I won't have paper. I'm going to have my iPad up here with me. Amen? Laughter is help, brings health to the bones. Amen? Amen. Amen. John 1, 16 and 7 says, In his fullness, we have all received and grace for grace. In verse 17, it says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth comes through Jesus Christ. So how can we fight among ourselves about the, about the ministry of grace? How can we be fighting that? And truth. It said grace and truth came through who? 
came through Jesus Christ. All of that is a part of the kingdom. And the grace message is a great message. A very important message. Because then you're moving from a place of you trying to uh, uh, get something accomplished and just knowing that it's going to be accomplished anyway and you don't have to force yourself or make yourself try to uh, be pleasing to the Lord. You're already pleasing to the Lord. Amen? 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 A covenant is much stronger than an agreement or a contract. It is an irrevocable pledge or vow, a promise between parties to carry out the terms agreed upon, and it only can be broken by death. And we've heard Apostle Matthew talk about that a few times. Amen? Amen. In the Old Testament, we see the covenant symbolized by the blood sacrifices made. The covenant of the law was conditional and based on performance. Let me say that again. The covenant of the law was conditional and based on performance. And I remember uh, Joanne and I used to go to certain meetings and we had been certain places and uh, the, the leaders had this uh, uh, formula for you to, 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 to get this one place in, as, as a Christian. And, you know, they had step one, step two, step three. You all know what I'm talking about. Step four. And that's before we got the revelation of what was going on. And I know uh, one day we, <laughs> Joy and I were going back home. And she was kind of quiet. But I said, I said, honey. I said, I don't think we're going to never measure up. You remember that? I told her, I said, I don't think we're going to never be able to measure up. Because it's kind of like if you messed up, you know, you had to start back over. So I was like, hmm. I said, I don't know if we're going to ever be able to measure up. But praise the Lord, we got some understanding. And now we know about grace. And we know it's not performance. It's not about us doing what we can do in our flesh. But, but by us walking in the spirit. Amen? Amen. And I think I said this already, but the covenant of the law was conditioned based on performance. If either party violated the terms of the agreement, it was voided. Deuteronomy uh, 28 verses 1, 2, and verse 15, and it reads, and it shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of thy God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God to observe and to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you this day, that all these curses shall come upon you and overtake you. Now, the condition of this covenant was that the people had to keep all 613 laws and no one could do that. None of us could do that. So if you miss out on one, you done missed out on all. Amen. You done, you done violated everything if, if, if you cannot keep the law. All right. The law was strict and specific and, and provided no room for adjustment. Most people today are still trying to live under it. 
For the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. 2 Corinthians 3 and 6. The letter killeth refers to the performance-based type of Christianity that causes people to think that they must do something to earn God's blessing. Under grace, technically, we are free to continue sinning, but if we have truly been born again, we will not want to continue to sin. Amen? And, and so often, you know, you see people, and I, I know I have uh, spoken with different individuals over the years, and, and, and they were saying, you know, God don't love me and because I messed up here and I messed up there, and they don't understand about grace, and they think that, that their performance is what's going to give them a, a good standing with the Lord, but that's not true. I know I'll never forget, Joanne and I, we were up in uh, Mount Vernon, Illinois, ministering. Not, yeah, Mount Vernon, Illinois, with uh, Pastor Cook. Went up there and we was ministering and we was talking about righteousness. And I say righteousness is not something that you can earn, but righteousness is, is freely given to you. And, boy, I came under fire standing up there. I preached that. And some, <laughs> some of the members, some of the other ministers, oh, no, brother, you remember that? Oh, no. I said, well, you can't earn righteousness. Righteousness is not something you're going to earn. Righteousness is something about who you already are. Amen? You're not trying to earn that place with God. You're already in that place with God. You're already righteous because of who Jesus Christ has done for you on Calvary's cross. Amen? Amen. Under, well, I, I said this before, but I'm going back to it again. Under grace, technically, we are, we are free to continue sinning, but if we have truly been born again, we will not want to. The ushering in of the new covenant was prophesied in the Old Testament. Isaiah 43 and 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make the way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The new thing this refers to is the new covenant by comparison. The old thing is the old covenant. God is saying that when he brings in the new covenant, people will not know it. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it and know it? And will you not give heed to it? And I'm reading from the Amplified. I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. We must decide today, church, whether we will continue living under the old covenant, under that agreement that anyone cannot keep all of, uh, under the, that agreement, Anyone who cannot keep all of it is cursed. For I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. The New Living Translation. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway in the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. God is telling the people that when he brings in the new covenant, some of them will not realize the old covenant has passed away. And that they will continue trying to live by it. 
The major flaw of the old covenant was that it hinged on man's behavior. And we're going to be reading from um, Hebrews 8, verses 6 through 12. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry. But how much also he is the mediator, he's talking about Jesus, of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the days come, said the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt because they could because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. And those, after those days, said the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brethren, brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. It, if it was okay to continue to live under the law, Jesus would not, have, would not have needed to mediate the new covenant. The new covenant is unconditional. It is not between God and man like the old covenant was, but between God and Jesus. We are the beneficiaries of that new covenant. And a good example of, of what we was just talking about Going back to Genesis 15 and 17, uh, Genesis 15, verses 17 and 18, when God was cutting covenant with Abraham. For the reason it came to pass, Abraham was asleep. And when it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. In the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham saying, Unto thee, unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river Euphrates. If we do not believe what verse 12 said in Hebrews 8 and 12, that then the new covenant will not work for us. And what, that, and what the verse 12 was saying, that you have to believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mercy is when we do not receive the bad we deserve. In the new covenant, mercy has replaced condemnation. But as it is now, he, Christ, and again, I'm reading from Hebrews 8, verses 6, 8, and 9, and 13 from the Amplified. 
But as it is now, he, Christ, has acquired a priestly ministry, which is as much superior and more excellent than the old. As the covenant, the agreement of which he is the mediator, the arbiter, and the agent, it is superior and more excellent because it is enacted and rests upon more important, sublimer, higher, and nobler promises. However, he finds fault with them, showing its inadequacy. When he says, Behold, the days will come, says the Lord, when I will make and ratify a new covenant or agreement with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, it will not be like the covenant that I made with their forefathers on the day when I grasped them by the hand to help and relieve them and to lead them out of the land of Egypt. For they did not abide in my agreement with them. So I would, did what? So I withdrew my favor and disregarded them, says the Lord. When God speaks of a new covenant or agreement, he makes the first one obsolete, out of use. And what is obsolete and out of use and annulled because of age is ripe for disappearance and to be dispensed with altogether. Under the new covenant, God can still do his part even if mankind does not do his part. And we heard that earlier. When, when uh, Pastor Megan was praying and when she was prophesying, when she was talking, <laughs> yep, I probably said something to Joanne I had no business saying, or I might have thought something, or, and, 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 but that didn't change my standing with him. Or she may have said something, or you, one of us may have thought something that we had no business thinking, that didn't change your standing with him. Because of the very fact... It is he that moves and lives within us, right? And under the new covenant, he can still do his part if mankind doesn't do our part. The pro he doesn't change because of what we have done. He's always going to love us. He's always going to care about us. He's always going to bless us because he is there for us. Amen? The problem with the old covenant was that man could not be faithful. The new covenant is not based on what we do, but on God's love, his agape love. To enter into this new covenant, we must believe and receive Jesus and his gift of righteousness. The old covenant of the law is out of use because the season for it has passed. The age of the law has expired, and we are now under the age of grace. Sin is not the issue anymore. It is, it is now whether or not we believe on Jesus. Man, how important is that? Jesus talked about that even in the third chapter of John. He says, they are already condemned that who, not, who do not believe on him who the Father sent. <laughs> it's not your sin that's going to keep you from having to walk with the Lord or keep you out of heaven, if I can use it like that. It's your disbelief in the, in, the, in the Son of the living God. 
It's your, it's, it's your disbelief in Jesus Christ as being your Savior and, and him as being your deliverer. That's what causes you to fall. Most people think sin is the issue, but Jesus is already taking care of the issue of sin. The next time he comes, it will be to perfect our salvation and prepare us for eternity. Hebrews 9, verse 28, and this is from the Amplified. Even so, it is that Christ having been offered to take upon himself and bear as a burden the sins of many once and for all will appear a second time not to carry any burden of sin nor to deal with sin but to bring to full salvation those who are eagerly constantly and patiently waiting and expecting him so also, Christ was offered once for all times as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people. He will come again not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who are eagerly waiting for him. And I was, I was uh, another in, in, uh, translation, the New Living Translation, that's, that's how they worded that. Christ is become of no effect unto you Whosoever you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. Galatians 5 and 4. When we think we are made righteous by the law, we fall back into performance and self-effort. The law is not responsible for blessing us. When Jesus healed entire villages, all of them were still sinners and none of them were saved, but they simply simply believed. Unbelief not sin is the reason people are not healed. And this is my conclusion of that uh, about the two commandments. But it's your unbelief that causes you not to move forward and be all that God has called you to do. No self-effort will ever work. So, Father, we just thank you right now, Lord God, that, that we thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you, Father God, that, that uh, you love us and you care about us and that we rely on you. Lord Jesus, we're thanking you for what you did on Calvary's cross. We're thanking you now that it's by you that grace and truth has, has entered into the earth. That grace and truth is here because you are grace and truth. And we thank you that even when we have our little hiccups, that you still love us and care about us. And, and you have not turned your back on us, but is still there to encourage us through your spirit. So, Lord, we just give you praise for that. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.